Good morning, everyone. George Watkins again in your front room or office or kitchen <laughs> with our daily broadcast. Thanks for stopping by. And we have some good news for you. God's still on the throne. And he's not going to lose this thing either. It's not going to go out of balance. It's not going to break. It's not going to spin off into the, you know, the heavens. We are on track and on time. Now, what's all that about? Well, it's about what we hear from the media and from some of our <clears throat> precious teachers in the church that the end's coming and it's all over. We got to get out of here before the real hell comes because then death and destruction is going to just wipe people out. God's so angry with everybody that he's going to crunch them. <laughs> well, a little over-exaggerated there, I'm sure. But I, I have a hard time finding that God in the New Testament. Old Testament, a lot of judgment, a lot of heavy hands because God was bringing that crowd of people into the place where the cross could happen with Jesus, but he fenced them in pretty tight to protect the seed. Now, the reason the seed had to be protected is because Satan wanted to pervert it. He wanted to bring in, well, a serpent seed in a sense because of the enemy and all the things that would pervert the pure blood. So Matthew then, the first couple of chapters that you probably read every day, <laughs> genealogy, it's, uh, it's all that, you know, all the genealogy of Jesus. There's a purpose for that because it traces the pure bloodline of Jesus to Mary because he came into that line. Okay, that's not my subject for the day, but it's a good one to remember that we have been birthed of good seed. Now, listen, uh, back to the subject of a, of a judgmental or a, or a heavy-handed, it, that's what we get out of the Old Testament. One who, you know, rules with a, with a hand that is uh, <clears throat> severe. The New Testament picture of the Father through Jesus and because of the blood of the cross and the resurrection, it's he, it's all inclusive where he has put his arms around the world for God so loved the world, not just the Jewish people, not just Israel and the tribes, but now God loves the world and he's taken them into himself. Okay, well, much of what I do, and I know it's a, it's an anointing I have, is to stir your your thoughts up by way of remembrance and your spirit and your faith to uh, stir you up to where you remember what God has taught you in some past time or a prophecy or a prayer. That's what I like to do. And that's, <laughs> it's a calling, I think. All right. We're talking about infused knowledge. Welcome to our broadcast. If you're new, I kind of jumped into that pretty quick. And uh, welcome to our broadcast, and thank you for coming by. Subscribe if you haven't, and do all the other things that make it work. Hallelujah. Okay, we're going to talk about infused knowledge. Infused knowledge. 
it's uh, <clears throat> it's a sad thing to be stuck in a place that you don't go forward in whatever line you're in. You get a job as a uh, fry cook. You're there for 20 years. Instead of owning the restaurant in 20 years, you're still flipping hamburgers. That's called being stuck. You didn't progress. You didn't learn. You didn't promote your educational and your talents to where you could do that. Well, that's a natural, that's a natural thing. There's a thing in the in the theology called uh, <clears throat> called consensus orthodoxy. In other words, I believe this because everybody else believes it. So whatever we hear, we want to make sure it fits all the people that we know that we trust and believe because we want to be like that. We don't want to be odd. We certainly don't want to be kicked out of the club so we only believe what everybody else believes okay take a shot now a picture rather of paul paul was um he came in late after he was beating the christians and killing some of them putting them in prison came in late so he wasn't really a friend to uh, the disciples the you know the main ones the the originals Matter of fact, they were afraid of him. They thought he may, be, may have been a, you know, a, <clears throat> a secret agent for the state, pretending like he was converted. Well, he went away for 14 or 15 years into a place where he, he was alone with God. He, he meditated, studied, prayed, whatever process it took. And he came back. And then that, that journey he had in the next few years was what we call the Pauline Revelation. Most of the New Testament, 13 chapters in the New Testament, written by a man who didn't go to the same school that uh, the disciples did. Now, he had higher education. He was a, he was a highly, um, he sat at the feet of Gamaliel, the, one, of the, one of the smart guys in the Jewish world. And uh, he was on the Sanhedrin panel of, you know, people that ruled. So he had high marks. But he didn't, he didn't hear what he knew and what he wrote from that. It was infused knowledge because God spoke it to him face to face. Well, good for Paul, <laughs> you say. Good for Paul. I'm glad he put it in there. Now, that's what we believe. Okay, we read Paul and we believe that. And then, uh-oh, I hear the breaks going on. That's all we believe? That's all we know? We don't know anything past that? Is there something past what Paul had a revelation on? Now, when I, uh, <clears throat> anytime, anytime you want to you wanna try and jump forward in Revelation, People accuse you of being out of the Bible, you know, non-biblical, they call it. Well, <clears throat> here we go. The scriptures that we have noted was a revelation 
to a group of men over a period of time, in the New Testament especially. It, it was, what was that? 70 years or 80 years or 90, whatever the, the revelation was, was written about 90 years after AD, 90 years AD. That revelation came to set the church and give it foundation so it could go forward. From that point, there have been some pretty spiritual people that heard from the Lord and found out things about God that wasn't in the pages of the Bible. If you've studied or read or drifted by any of the mystics of the mid-centuries, some of those men and women who walked like Jesus walked in the earth, stepped into diseased villages or cities, and the entire city got healed as the footprint you know, went across the border of the city. Those things happened because men and women took the foundational truth of the, of, the, of the Pauline revelation of Christ in you, the hope of glory, and that he, is, he lives in us and that we are, like, we are his, his image on earth and we walk as he did and greater in you than, uh, you know, is in, that is in the world and what Christ did, you can do. All those things are the launching pad for understanding what your role in this world is. This is not a history lesson. I mean, the scriptures and the Bible and going to church and learning about things is not a history lesson. After it, we get it. We get it. We've walked the shores of Galilee. We've been with Jesus. We know the 12. We understand pretty much. If you've been in church very long, you've kind of got a good idea what happened. Okay, what do we do now? I'll tell you what we do. The scriptures tell us that we don't have to have a man to teach us or a woman, a person to teach us. I realize I've been to, I've been to teachings. I've taught, I've had Bible school. I've been a Dean of the Bible school for 20 years. I know there's foundational things. Children, spiritual children need to learn how to brush their teeth and comb their hair spiritually. They need to know the books of the Bible. They need to know how to find John three sixteen. They need to know some of the great truths that have been revealed. Okay, you've got that. You got the foundation. Now, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? You're going to just spin it and go in circles and chew on the same meat for the next <laughs> part of your life? <laughs> when my little, when my girl was a little girl, she just would refuse to swallow meat. She would chew it and chew it. I mean, she could chew half the night. And finally, after a while, she'd swallow it. How long are you going to chew on some of the scriptures that you know without having infused knowledge? Now, what is infused knowledge? It's something you didn't read anywhere else. Nobody said anything to you. It just came in a meditation or a prayer or a time with a father. <laughs> okay, well, everybody's afraid that we're going to go crazy and uh, screw up the church <laughs> and mess up our theology and get kicked out of our <clears throat> favorite uh, fellowship. I tell you what, when you hear the voice of the Lord in that level and God drops a truth in you, it will eat your lunch. 
and you will be so miserable until you begin to eat it and digest it and find out what is beyond this revelation. I heard the revelation of salvation in 1950, Easter evening, 1950. If I had stayed at that level, I would still be going in and out of the church door and being encouraged every Sunday that I was still saved and that Jesus is still my Savior and that I can repent and I can go to the altar and, and ask God to forgive me for the sins. And I can, it's an unending circle because that's the, that's would be where I had been frozen in time. I, I find people like that all the time. I run into them and wonder why, how can you stay there without being, you know, discouraged with life? My encouragement to you, and I, I know I have a, a boot pushing you from the back to go forward into the understanding of the Father. Infused knowledge is downloaded as you meditate, as you think about God, you have an idea, you have a flash, you see something in the scriptures. Read John 3, 16 again and listen past your early foundational thoughts. And you watch. I wrote in the notes below, I made a comment about Psalms 93, uh, 23. Supernatural pillar in our, in our, in our understanding. Meditate upon that. Think about it. Read it a couple, three times, and then let it soak in down into your spirit and let infuse knowledge. Let the download of heaven come to you. It's going to be great. Well, I rambled on long enough. I just wanted to stir your hearts. Amen. John 14, 23 says that he will teach you all things. He will bring all things to your remembrance. 1 John 2.27, the anointing that you have causes that no man teach you. The same anointing will teach you all things. So those that type of verbiage in the scriptures tell me there's something behind the green door. <laughs> Amen. Door number one, I want that one. There's something back there, behind there, that we need to open and go in and find out what it is. Some of you that are listening to me, your hearts, your heart burns, just like the disciples that walk with Jesus on the road to Emmaus. Something burning in you, something gnawing at you. Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. Amen. It's an exciting journey. Well, thank you for tuning in today. I bless you. I send God's peace and wisdom to you by my confession and my prayer. Don't forget. Do all the good things that I have continually reminded you to do for the internet. And you will be blessed, I know. Thank you for those who have sent us a support blessing, a gift. Thank you for that. It's such a great help and blessing. If God's nudging you, you can do it through PayPal or the address below. We will see you tomorrow, which is Wednesday morning. And I love you. I love you. I love those I know, and I love those I don't know. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.